This is Jonathan Hansen, President of World Ministries International. I want to welcome all of you that are watching on television, social media. We're in our college chapel, and our message is Complete Surrender, Heidi Baker, Part 2. Now, if you have not seen Part 1, go to my website, www.worldministries.org, and you can watch Part 1. I've been doing a series on the movers and shakers of the first and second great awakening. We need another great awakening. Frankly, if we don't get another great awakening, uh, this nation is going to continue to slide into the abyss. And uh, I believe seriously, millions of people are going to die before it's all over. We have to have a great awakening. Nothing's going to stop it. We're going further and further into immorality. Our enemies are planning our destruction. It's all around us. If you can't see it, you have no discernment on reality. No discernment spiritually. They're trying to destroy us. And we're watching football games. Complete surrender. Heidi Baker. Part two. All of the movers and shakers had some things in common. Mark 12, 30 through 31. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. This is the first commandment. The second is like this. You will love your neighbor as yourself. As yourself. Luke 24, 47 through 49. That repentance and remissions of sin should be preached in his name to all nations. Beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. Behold, I send the promise of my father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you're endued with power from on high. We're not in Israel. We're not in Jerusalem. So here, if you're born again, they would say tarry in Stanwood until you're filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Don't even try to go represent me because you ain't going to accomplish it. It's not going to happen. You're going to have empty words, but no power, no authority, no reality, no testimonies. Just talk, 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 and you are afraid to come against any of the issues where people criticize you. We need a third person of the Trinity living within us, operating through us, or we cannot live the Christian life as an ambassador of Jesus Christ. Can't do it. Mark 16, 17 through 18. These signs shall follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons, speak in new tongues, take up deadly servants. If they drink any deadly thing, it will by no means hurt them. Lay hands on the sick and they will recover. How many people have you prayed for that have recovered? If it's none, I don't think you're baptized with the Holy Spirit. I just don't. A nice religious Christian but you are not moving in the third person of the Trinity. How many demons have you cast out? I think this is a good test on where we're at with power and authority. Is a third person of the Trinity living in you, operating through you? It's supposed to be a continual process of more and more energy, more and more love. It's not a once and forever experience. And that's what it is. If some people are baptized, they get it and they think, okay, I've ascertained, I'm, I'm good. No, you haven't hardly begun. The baptism of the Holy Spirit in tongues is for your own edification. That is no sign that you're a great warrior. Mark 16, 17 through 18. These signs will follow them that believe. In my name they will 
cast out demons, they will speak with new tongues. Acts 2, 1 through 4, but we'll read Acts 2, 1 and 4. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were in one accord in one place. They were filled with the Holy Spirit, began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave utterance. Now, in part one, we went into some of the things that Heidi Baker had to surrender. She was going to marry somebody. And within a few weeks, she had to make a choice as the Lord was leading her on a ministry trip. She had to surrender that fiancé. She had, she had to surrender her career as a ballet dancer. She had the things to lay on the altar and surrender. We sing the song, I Surrender All, but frankly, most people do not surrender all. They sing the song. They sing the song, but they don't surrender all. They're not about to surrender all. Heidi Baker, she was a lady that, quote, anyone that discovers who he is would give everything. This is what Heidi said. He's the pearl of great price. He's the lover of our souls. Once you see him, you'll give everything up. Some people will. I think that's the parable. What kind of ground does it fall on? Stony ground? Does it fall on ground that can bear a harvest? In other words, your heart, where are you with it? When you hear the gospel, some people immediately accept it, but then they get caught up in their life and they forget the gospel and they continue in their life. It's called selfishness versus righteousness is the will of God. Mozambique. God was leading her on a journey. Again, watch my first program on Heidi Baker. My website, www.worldministries.org. You can watch it right there. It covers all of the channels we're on anywhere in the world, including social media. Immediately after Heidi finished her PhD, she was no dummy. Heidi was no airhead. She was released into the land of her destiny. Heidi's first trip to Africa came nearly 20 years after she got her initial call to go to Africa. God was taking her on a journey, a lot of preparation, including a lot of different countries before she was ready for Mozambique. In the late 1980s, God had begun to stir the baker's hearts for the poorest of the poor, which is Mozambique. For several years, they had researched and prayed into this land. Roland, that's her husband, first visited Mozambique for two weeks in January 1995 to scope things out. Mozambique was considered the poorest nation in the world at that time. It's still pretty poor, maybe still listed the poorest. After two days, he was offered an orphanage with nearly 80 children in it. Then in August 1995, Heidi went to Mozambique while Roland finished up his research in England. She immediately began to learn the language and to lead children to Jesus. Now again, if you had seen part one, you would know how the different countries, including England, where the Lord had led them, which was prophesied they would go, and where they also planted a church, but also continued in their studies. With no support, they put the gospel to the test. By the end of 1996, their children's center had grown to 320. The children also began to experience healings, visions, and manifestations of the Holy Spirit, similar to what happened at Roland's grandfather's orphanage in China. We shared how 
Roland, person she married, had a heritage, Christian heritage, where she did not. She did not have context. Roland did. God told her to marry Roland, who was 12 years older than her, and she only met him once. She wasn't thinking of this guy. I remember my second wife. God said, through many, many people, three pages of people with the visions and dreams, marry her. I wasn't thinking of that gal. Both Roland and myself, there's an, has an age difference. But God said, marry Roland. She married, which was the best thing she could have done. Because where she lacked experience and contacts, he had them. Toronto Blessing broke out in Toronto Airport, Vineyard Church, January 20, 1994. Randy Clark went to speak. What was supposed to be a four-day series of meetings at John and Carol Arnett's church continued well beyond that. It continued to influence the church around the world. Most people have heard about it. People have their different opinions of it. When Roland first visited Toronto for the second Catch the Fire conference, 1995, he was totally undone by God in that place. I've come to realize God is way bigger than we can anticipate. And what fits into our finite mind and our little religious box, he shatters. He doesn't care about your little religious box. He's much bigger than your box. In a place saturated with the love of the Father, Roland was radically changed. Now, we have studied over the weeks, the different movers and shakers, how they've gone and had encounters here, encounters there, chased after God in different places where they heard there was a mighty move of God, had other people pray for them. Encounters. Very important. I've had many encounters in my life. All of them continued to change my life. Heidi finally made it herself to Toronto to a healing conference. At the time, she was extremely ill and desperate for healing. She was hungry for another touch from God. During her first meeting, the speaker had a prophetic word that God was going to heal a missionary of double pneumonia and encourage that person to take a deep breath. Heidi responded, her lungs were opened, and she was healed. When Heidi was called up to the front to give her testimony, Carol Arnett prayed for her. Heidi manifested by swimming like a fish on the stage. Even at that time, Heidi was willing to let the Lord make her look foolish if need be. She was fully yielded to him to do whatever he wanted with her laid down life. I remember who now is my son-in-law. They went with me on a mission trip, my oldest daughter. And uh, in one of my meetings, the power of God came upon her and she was at the altar just hysterically laughing for hours and hours and hours. This was a huge meeting. I ended up having to carry her out of the meeting, put her to bed. She was totally drunk with the Holy Spirit. This is real. You say, I don't believe it. It doesn't matter. You're not close enough to God to experience it. That's the problem. You haven't moved in that type of revelation. Are you totally yielded? Most people aren't. Again, the title of my message was Complete Surrender. Heidi Baker, Part 2. Well, on the floor, Heidi was groaning in intercession for the children of Mozambique. God gave her powerful vision 
about how there would always be enough because he had died for you and I to have enough. This vision would later mark her life and ministry and be the second most powerful encounter she recognized in her life. She recalled, there was a dramatic, clear vision of Jesus. I was with him and thousands of thousands of children surrounded us. I saw his shining face, his intense burning eyes of love. Then again, the Lord said, look into my eyes. You give them something to drink. He gave me a, a cup of blood and water which flowed from his side. I knew it was a cup of suffering and joy. I drank it and then began to give it to the children to drink. The cup did not go dry. By that point, I was crying uncontrollably. I was completely undone by his fiery eyes of love. I realized what it had cost him to provide such spiritual and physical food for all of us. The Lord spoke to my heart and said, there will always be enough because I died. Unquote. Such a powerful revelation. If you understand, you can walk in faith. There will always be enough. Like the woman fed Elijah and the oil never ran out. Like water coming out of the rock. Like manna for 40 years in the wilderness. There will always be enough. Trouble is coming. We don't have to be afraid of what's coming ahead of us. If you're walking close with intimacy with God, the Holy Spirit, he will lead you and guide you. There will always be enough. Following this powerful vision, Heidi returned to Mozambique with great hopes of taking many more children. However, you know, Satan always uh, makes you prove God is real. He tries to attack your encounter with God or your vision. Upon the baker's arrival, officials gave them 48 hours to leave the premises of their orphanage. They told them the worship no longer was allowed. And they, be, and they beat many of the children. These are the Mozambique officials. A $20 contract had even been put on Heidi's life to kill her. The children found their way to baker's office 15 miles away. During that time, more than 100 Children piled up in their small apartment, which only had one bathroom. Now, I have had in Africa a very small house filled with people. One bathroom. Let me tell you, that's quite an experience. You learn patience as well as you, you, you learn other things. Hearing about their distress, someone from the U.S. Embassy brought over a pot of chili and rice just enough to feed the bakers, but it never ran out. And all of the children ate that meal. Heidi strengthened herself in the Lord by recalling the vision of Jesus that she had received. You know, it would never run out. A few weeks after they were evicted, the local government donated land to them in another area of Mozambique, and they opened up a center. During the trying time this uh, large church in North America that had been supporting the bakers had recently pledged $1 million to help build a new children's center, but told them, stay clear of the Toronto blessing or we'll not give you the million dollars. Even though it cost them losing $1 million in a pledge, they went anyway back in July 1997, where they were desperate for more of God 
and God met them again. See, they understood that God is the source, not a person. Many people would be so tempted. A million dollars. God owns everything. A million dollars is nothing. But some people, it's everything. They don't have much faith for more than maybe uh, $10. A million dollars? Nah. They'll listen to what they say. The pastor pulled the donation. Again, it was a very expensive conference they went to. Heidi had a vision of the wedding feast of the Lamb at the conference that led her later to minister in the garbage dumps. Following this, Heidi and Roland returned to Mozambique where children at their center experienced a special visitation from the Lord which included visits to heaven, dancing with angels, and sitting on the Father's lap. These are children at this orphanage center. When Heidi returned to Toronto for the pastor's conference in January, again, see, she went several times, she was radically impacted. One session when John Arnett was speaking about anointing and the heavy weight of glory, God's presence fell on Heidi like a heavy blanket of what she described as liquid love. During another session when Randy Clark was sharing his message, pressing in, Heidi ran screaming to the front even before there was an altar call. Randy stopped his message, looked at Heidi, who had tears streaming down her face, grabbed her hand, and told her she had an apocalypse you know, an apostolic, apostolic anointing on her life. Then he asked her if she wanted the nation of Mozambique. Heidi said yes. And she describes what happened. She says, quote, Randy Clark was preaching with great fire and conviction about the anointing, power, and destiny of God. All of a sudden, in the middle of Randy's message, she said she became so desperate for God that she could not stop herself from responding. She ran to the front before he was finished speaking, even though it was in front of thousands of people. Now, I had the privilege of speaking with Heidi at a conference years ago in Idaho, and this is the way she is. She'll just go on the platform and lay down for hours praying and crying. There was no altar call or pause in the message. I ran to the front, knelt to the altar, lifted up my hands, and started screaming. I wondered about what I was doing. I couldn't believe that I was acting like this, but it's not something I would naturally do. However, I became so possessed by the Holy Spirit, so full of longing and desperation for his presence that I no longer cared. See, when you're in the presence of Jesus, who cares to your right or the left? Who cares what these people think? If you do, you're too wrapped up in your vanity, too much selfishness, too much pride. Should be a clue, huh? Do we really care about what people think too much in service? I guess you got a lot of pride. That's not going to cause you to flow with great anointing because your pride hinders the Holy Spirit. It actually even stops him from possessing you. She didn't care, she said. Randy stopped preaching, put his hands on her, and said, God wants you to know, do you want the nation of Mozambique? He said, the blind will see, the deaf will hear, the crippled will walk, the dead will be raised. And the poor were here, the good news. Heidi said she felt the power of God hit her like a lightning bolt. She remembers screaming and vibrating, thinking she was going to die. She began to sweat profusely. She felt like she had been placed in an oven. When she told God she was going to die, she heard him say, Good, I want you dead. 
How do you recall that during the conference? You know, people say, Pastor, are you trying to kill me? I said, yes. I'm trying to kill your pride so the Spirit can live in you. Amen? Oh, you're hard on me. Just on your pride. God wants you to die so he can live through you. That's what the Lord told her. Heidi, are you trying to kill me? Yes. <laughs> Sounds like watchman. You must die so God can live through you. For seven days, I was unable to move. Roland had to pick me up, carry me out. I had to be carried to the washroom, hotel, back to the meetings. The weight of his glory fell upon me. I felt so heavy, I could not lift my head. Again, it reminded me of my daughter in Africa. If I was put in a chair, I would slide out <laughs> onto the floor. I was utterly, completely helpless. I was unable to speak for seven days. This holy, fearsome, fearsome, awesome presence of God completely changed my life. I never felt so humbled, never felt so poor, so helpless, so vulnerable. I even needed help to drink water. I learned more in those seven days than in 10 years of academic theology. The Lord spoke to me about relinquishing control to him. He showed me the importance of the body of Christ. It had taken us 17 years to plant four churches, and two of them were pretty weak. As I lay there engulfed in his presence, he spoke to me about hundreds of churches being planted in Mozambique. God showed me I needed to learn to work with the rest of the body. During the next year and a half, following the powerful prophetic word and encounter, things got worse for the bakers. Heidi was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. Was told by doctors she should likely die if she ever went back to Africa. She returned anyway, believing in the prophetic word that had been released over her. Then Roland got cerebral malaria. Their daughter got malaria several times. Heidi was in a car crash. Riots broke out at the dump, and Heidi was hit in the face. And... The well pump at the center broke, leaving hundreds without water. It was a trying time indeed. Did you hear of all those things that went wrong? A lot of people quit with one thing. Oops. As the children at the center prayed for Heidi, she continued to get better. Roland and the daughter also recovered. After her time in Toronto, when she'd been on the floor for seven days, Heidi drastically changed her leadership style. See, if you're in the presence of the Lord long enough, he changes us. He changes us. She began to empower and release leaders. The bakers eventually started a small Bible school, sent out pastors to evangelize. These new leaders began to see signs and wonders. During the time, Heidi wanted to get a tent that would hold 1,000 people in her church. It would cost $10,000, which they did not have. By faith, she went to the tent store in South Africa. While there, the exact amount of the money they needed was deposited into their account. And they were able to purchase the tent that someone had ordered but never picked up. That's the leading of the Holy Spirit. She said, I've received prophecies for years that in our ministry the blind will see, the deaf will hear, the crippled will walk, the dumb will speak, the dead will be raised, and multitudes will come to Jesus. But none she saw. She said, I must have prayed for 20 blind people and none of them saw. I kept praying. I kept remembering those prophetic words that the Holy Spirit poured into my heart. There was such powerful presence of the Holy Spirit. As those words were spoken over me, I just said, I'm not giving up. I'm not giving up. I will see it. And after a year of the prophecy, 
over Heidi about blind eyes being opened, the dead being raised. Heidi and her team prayed for three blind eyes, eyes they all saw, and it was the start of an avalanche of miracles. Healings, demons coming out, dead people being raised. She saw signs and wonders all over the place. See, the key is never give up. Never give up. If God speaks, see it through. Moses didn't give up. And the people went to the promised land. 2001, she had a vision. She saw chariots of fire circle the globe. The riders had huge hearts. The reins into the chariots went straight to heaven. The chariots released the glory and fire of God around the world. After the vision, through other ways, God had already spoke to her. Heidi felt led to spend a third of her time preaching around the world. Since the vision, our churches jumped in number from 2,000 to over 5,000 from December 2001 to August 2002. Just like the Lord promised, the key is you never give up. Intimacy with God. Love God with all of your heart, your soul, your mind. Tarry until you're endued with power from on high and continue to get divine encounters. One is not enough. Some people, one, you're a swamp. You better get back in the water until you get into fresh water. Never give up, intimacy with God, and never quit. God richly bless you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International. Warning Radio is a listener-supported program. We need your donations in order to continue airing these Christ-centered prophetic programs. Send your checks or money orders to World Ministries International, Post Office Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. To donate securely by phone, call 360-629-5248. Visit our website to find other ways of giving and a wealth of information about World Ministries International and host Dr. Jonathan Hansen. The website is worldministries.org. There, you'll also have access to hundreds of previously aired radio programs, made-for-television videos, thousands of articles, Dr. Hansen's books, and travel itinerary. Again, the website is worldministries.org. The phone number is 360-629-5248. Tune in at this same time, Monday through Friday, on this radio station for the next exciting edition of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen. Remember, the Lord is not slow about the promise of His return, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for everyone to come to the repentance that leads to eternal life.